Hello and welcome to this, another episode of Talking Dogs. I'm Graham Hall, and if you recognise my voice, it might be from television's Dogs Behaving Very Badly. I travel all over the country helping owners who feel like they've tried, well, absolutely everything to get their dogs to behave, but just aren't any closer to solving the problem. I'm known as the Dog Father, and I help people with their dogs here on this podcast too. Each week, I use my many years of experience training dogs to give you some new ideas to try. Because if a dog's misbehaving, it's really up to us as owners to help them out. Now, later on, I'll give some advice to the owner of a poor little Jack Russell who's become very fearful of traffic, and for good reason too. He was clipped by a car a few months ago, bless him. First of all, there's a person whose dog has become, well, a little bit wary of the world, perhaps because of an injury. It's co-host of Jeremy Vine's Channel 5 show, Storm Huntley. Hi, Storm. Hi there. Hi, Graham. How are you? I'm very well. So you're the one that's not Jeremy Vine, basically. Yes, I'm the other one. I'm the one that sits <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> the one that keeps everything on track. Exactly. I've been on your show. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about your dog. So it's, it's Boo, isn't it? Yes, Boo. She is a five-year-old Shih Tzu, and she is just absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't have asked for a better dog. I think I think you get the dog that you need, and she certainly was what I need when I when I got her. Right. Um, I think it's a really big decision to get a dog. Actually, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it upon anybody lightly, mm. and I I wouldn't make light of a a decision to get a dog. I think it's something that you really need to consider. But I think for a lot of people. It like just transforms their life. Yeah. So why did you get a dog in the first place? Well, I was living in London for a, for a couple of years and uh, I'm, I'm from Glasgow originally and I just was starting to feel quite lonely. I think London, although it's such a big city with mm. a huge population, I think it's quite easy to get lost in it. And, mm. and I was working kind of unsociable hours, with working early in the morning and yeah, I was just starting to feel really lonely Mm. and I've always I grew up with dogs and I've always wanted a dog and all of a sudden I realized you know this isn't going to happen unless I make a decision about it so I read up in it I read a couple of books and I thought okay I can get this done I could get a dog walker while I'm at work Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I come home I can take her out for a big walk and it it could all work out Mm. and it was just the best decision in so many more ways it just opened up a social life for me but more than that, it was just the connection that I had with Boo is just incredible. Mm. So uh, I, I I couldn't thank her enough. She's just an absolute peach. It's interesting that. I mean, because there is a whole sort of social thing that comes with having dogs. Because you, you end up becoming, uh, you know, Boo's mum, I suppose, don't you, when you're walking around the park or whatever. What's really strange is that nobody, dog owners, for, for months and months and months won't know each other's name, but they'll know the dog's name. So, yeah. oh, that's Sandy's mum, and that's, you know, so-and-so's mum, and that's so-and-so's mum, or so-and-so's dad. Yeah. But you end up knowing everybody in your local community and everybody that goes out walking at the same time as you. It just, mm. it opens all up, and all of a sudden, you've gone from living in a big city where you know no one mm. to living in, in a community where everybody knows everybody and, and it feels very safe. Yeah, that's interesting and because particularly because you're known as well. I mean, you've got a really distinctive look. You, you know, I think if if I'd seen you once on the telly, I'd think I know that lady from somewhere, <laughs> you know. So, but I guess when you've got a dog, you just again, you, it's is it nice to be Boo's mum and not the famous Storm Huntley off the telly? Oh my goodness, Boo's mum is my favourite thing to be. Although I have to say, when I started walking her, because I'd go straight from doing the show to to walking her, I'd be wearing a tracksuit and full makeup. Right. At like 
half 11 in the morning and I think people would think what is this strange woman what kind of job does she do that she needs full face of makeup yeah. but not very nice clothes and she's three in the afternoons to walk her dogs that's, in big big long jaunts that's funny um, so I think they were a bit wary at the beginning but but eventually we all got to know each other and, and we're a big happy family now yeah that's lovely so why is Shih Tzu then you, you obviously did loads of homework um, that was an interesting breed to choose I did because I, I wasn't sure in I wasn't sure where I was going to end up. I knew I'd be moving quite a bit, and I might end up in a flat mm. or a house without a garden. And so I didn't want a big dog or a dog that needed a huge amount of exercise. So that was one consideration. Yeah. Shih Tzus are known to be quite playful. I definitely wanted a dog that had a bit of personality about it. And I grew up with a lasso, oh, right. and they're just wonderful dogs. Mm. And Monty that I grew up with is just a was a proper sturdy dog that just got on with stuff and I thought Shih Tzus are, are fairly similar mm-hmm, and yeah. so I thought I'd have a bit of experience and that was really where my decision making went. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, there is a line of thought that actually the, the, the breeding for uh, Shih Tzus might have involved a bit of Lassap, so back in back in the day, you know, way back when. So um, so yeah. that was that was interesting. So what's, what's her character like? What's she like? Oh, she is super playful. She absolutely loves it. If you, you show her, if you even make eye contact with her, she'll run to her toy box <laughs> and grab a toy and bring it back to your feet. Right. And she'll just sit there with it at your feet until you pick it up and throw it for her. Uh-huh. Um, so super duper playful. She loves to go out for a walk. She's very well behaved, although she's got her own personality. You know, I could leave the front door open. She won't go out. She'll sit at the front door and just look out. She's right. not yeah. desperate to run away. Uh-huh. She's great with humans, great with kids. The only thing that she has a bit of an issue with is other dogs. Okay. And it's kind of fine because she's small. So when she gives a dog a little... And it's it's not a bite. It's just like a bark that says... I'm not interested in this. You need right. to go, my friend. Um, <laughs> and and the dog soon gets the hint and leaves. Apart from puppies, they don't seem to get the hint at all. But yeah. you know, they'll learn in a couple of months. Yeah, that's the only thing, really. She, I would love to see her just in a big field of dogs playing away. She's great with dogs that she knows or or that I'm friends with the owners. Mm. She's quite happy to just mill about or sit next to me while we're all chatting. It's just yeah. if the dog comes up and sniffs her or gets too close to her, she'll give them a telling off and they need to go. Yeah, and they just get it. It's interesting that some dogs are really good at getting that message across, um, like some humans are. You know, one look and it's like, oh, <laughs> fair <laughs> enough, I'll get me coat. Um, yeah. Um, so she sounds a little bit like that. That's quite. That's quite interesting. I did. I had a quick peek on your Twitter uh, recently. There was a. It just made me laugh. There's a picture of uh, you're out for a walk, and it's a selfie you've taken, and she's like this little dot in the background, and you said, "Would you believe oh. I've, I've got a dog that's more stubborn than me?" Hundred <laughs> percent. Actually, that's true. She is very well behaved, but stubborn is definitely a trait I would attribute. Potentially to Shih Tzus in general, because a lot of owners uh-huh. of Shih Tzus that I've spoken to have said that that's a similar thing that they've faced. But if yeah. Boo doesn't want to come home from a walk, then <laughs> Boo isn't coming home from a walk. <laughs> You're just going to have to stay out. And right. I remember when she was a puppy, I used to take her. And if you if you take her down onto the towpath of the Thames or the canal in Glasgow, you would go down and, and she would tell you what way she wanted to walk. Oh, right. And if you walked the other <laughs> way, she'd turn around and look at you like, uh, is this your walk or is it my walk? Because I was yeah. under the impression that this was my walk of the I day. Think you'll in find. which case we're going this way. <laughs> so she she does get her way <laughs> quite a lot. But that was a, that was a funny one. 
because it was a really nice day and she just had no interest in going home. This is really interesting because, you know me, I'm all about fixing problems for people and trying to get them the dog that they really mm-hmm. wanted. And the more I'm listening to you, the more I'm thinking, actually, do you know what? I, I think to a very large extent, this is just the sort of dog she is, right? You know, it's that kind of lone wolf thing, isn't it? You, you know, it's a strange mm. thing to describe a shit to us, really. Oh, she, <laughs> she's very, very independent of thought. Right. So, see what we got. You go, independent of thought, right? Quite stubborn, mm-hmm. yeah? Uh, knows her own mind kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. really doesn't need to play with other dogs because she sort of doesn't need the approval, if that makes sense, yeah? <laughs> so, she definitely does not. Right. So even when she's coming up to you and going, aha, toy, look, toy, there, it's at your foot, uh-huh. you know what to do, right? What do you do? Yeah. You throw the toy. Yeah, play throw the with toy them, right? for her. So she's <laughs> done that on her terms, isn't she? She's gone, you, woman, yes. do this now. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes, and I've indulged because yes. I've wanted to. Yeah, of course. And it started when, you know, you got her because you, you wanted a bit of company and it's just a joyful thing yes. when you've got this little puppy. And so it starts in this slightly insidious way where you've got this cute puppy going, oh, do this. Yeah, I go on then. Before you know it, you're a couple of years down the line and the, the dog's saying, go that way. Oh, all right then. You know, go that way. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> you know, and before you know it, the dog rules your life. But what, what I would say to you is she just sounds like that. She's the kind of dog that was born to lead the pack, really, you know. She's got that, mm. sounds like that fairly calm, you know, I don't need to play with the dogs about her. So what's happening is that when when dogs come up, they actually don't get the early signs. Because I bet you a lot of them are picking up on body language, actually. They probably see her a mile Oh, my go, goodness, yes. Yeah? So Because right. she will just stop and she will just look at the dog. <laughs> do nothing, but she will just stop her sniffing or stop whatever she's doing and look at yeah. the dog. I'd say for a good four seconds... Right. Before either of them make any moves, yeah, and in, in I'd say a good sixty percent of the dogs at that point just walk off. Yes, so they just wander off. So I wonder whether she is making a, some sort of signal to them that I'm, she's not up for a conversation. Yeah, I'm sure she is. Right, that's her going. Don't look at what you can't afford, darling. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, okay, all right, I know my place, and off they go. Right, so, oh, so occasionally. Good. You get a dog who's a bit stupid, bless him, and they're like, oh, I'm going anyway, you know, hello, can I buy you a drink? And she's gone, no, that's when she snapped back. <laughs> so, if I was you, <laughs> um, this, the, the reason I think this is really unusual, Storm, is I'm normally going, oh, yeah, we can change that, just do this, this and this, right? And, and you'll have a different dog behaviour. I reckon this one's a bit more me saying to you, do you know what, I reckon she's perfectly happy being that kind of dog so I, I think you just just go with it really there's a line that you don't want them to cross obviously so if you get to a point where you know she's nipping at other dogs or she's causing distress for their owners that, that kind of thing you know mm-hmm. then you, you do need to step in so the advice I would give you though is kind of how to deal with the dog who thinks they're in charge <laughs> and it's subtle stuff you you don't need to go everybody thinks that if you've got a dog who's bigging it up a bit and the, the word dominance always creeps in and i avoid it like the plague to be honest because people get the wrong idea if you ask people to describe a dominant dog right they'll describe mm-hmm. an aggressive dog very often and they've got it wrong because the dog who actually is in charge is 
it, you described one perfectly, Boo, you know. She's controlling most of the other dogs with a look, that's all. And then if they're daft enough to come any nearer, she really tells them. And she's looking at you going, you're great, I love you, but boy, can I wrap you around my little finger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, you've absolutely got a spot on there, I think. So what you do is you go, right, th- there might come a time where I, I need to be able to tell her, oh, no, actually, Boo, I am in charge, don't do that, you know. So you, know, you almost need to earn the right, if that makes sense. Because otherwise, all day long, she's doing things where she acts like the leader and you unwittingly probably act the, the, the role of the follower, yeah? So it's like, mum, mm-hmm. play with this toy. Yeah, OK, all right. Come on, take me out. Uh, oh, yeah, it is that time, yeah, OK. Or could even be, let, let me out to the loo. Oh, God, yeah, OK, yeah, you need to go. Followed mm-hmm. by... Uh, it's cold out here. Let me in, would you? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> As you described the canal, that's a classic. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Right, I think you'll find. So you go, go on, what does it matter? Yeah, whatever. Right. And then all day long, she's going, I led, you followed, I led, you followed, I led, you followed. And then at some point when you go, uh, no, that's when there's a problem because she's looking at you thinking, um, sorry, <laughs> I think you'll find I'm the one that leads stuff and you just just happy following. What do you think you're doing telling me off? So in order to sort of redress the balance a tiny bit, and I don't really want to mess too much with what Mother Nature's done here, really, which is create a dog who's got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you just need to sometimes say, there's a question that you ask yourself all the time. Who's leading? Who's following? Right. So if she comes up and goes, mum, food time, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of going, yeah, yeah, go, OK, I'll drop this and, and, and run. You go, yeah, well, in a minute. So with children, quite often it's the case, isn't it? You hear parents saying, yes, in a moment, darling, I'm just I'm finishing this. Know your manners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with dogs, we fall for it because we just think, oh, bless them. Yeah, God, I've got to, got to jump. So take your time. Don't jump to it every time just because she wants something, right? My mum used to say, I want never gets to me quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> probably says a lot about me but she was right you know because if it's if you get what you want all the time you're gonna end up as a spot kid aren't you? in her case i don't think this is a sign of a dog who would perhaps love to say hello love to be super sociable but is somehow tormented or is troubled do you know what i mean you no know, i do because it never ever seems to bother her she just she tells the dog off and then she trots on that's it. She, it's just, you need to go away. And then she literally just walks forward. There's no sort of, she doesn't keep going. Unless yeah. it's a puppy and she, they keep going, then she'll do a little, like, jump and a, a bark, ruff, 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 uh, to tell them off, to say, seriously, I have had yeah. absolutely enough of you. Go. And then she'll trot yeah. on. But um, I was sort of worried in case this was going to escalate into something where she, she was going to start being real, like a bit of trouble with other dogs it hasn't ever got to that yeah good it's a good question so i think it's a it's a reasonable thing to be asking um so i would say well so the questions i'm asking myself with this one is like okay so how old is she well she's a few years old now right mm-hmm, so five. is there any evidence of it escalating it doesn't look like it she's mm-hmm. she just knows how to do it you know um something i say to, to dog owners all the time if you if you do have to tell a dog off mm-hmm. then aim for the minimum you can get away with right so if you go in screaming and shouting you've, you've lost it mm-hmm. so if you can get away with just a look then whoa happy days sounds to me like boo's already got that she knows exactly what to do and then if she really has to step it up she she yes. does but she never goes too far no. so so on balance um you might have expected me to go oh storm oh you need to stop this nip it in the bud it's all gonna I get did a bit, wrong. yeah yeah no i think this is the, the the rare case where i'm actually going i think i think she's 
she's pretty good at it from what I can hear. You know, I think I've so got So I might actually be quite... Because so. when she does it, I get quite embarrassed because it obviously makes my dog look like yeah. a very impolite dog. So I, I'm sure. so sorry. She just she just is a bit, you know, antisocial. Yeah. And that's all I... So maybe I'm just right. Maybe she is just a bit of an antisocial dog. Yeah, I think she sort of is. That, that We would put a value judgment on that when we as humans. But um, I just think she's the kind of dog who's... Don't think of her as antisocial, which I suppose technically is right. Think of it more as self-assured, doesn't need the approval of other dogs, just can't be bothered, you know. So occasionally, yeah, she is basically going, hey, bog off. Yes. <laughs> she certainly her. does do that. That's interesting, though. I'm going to try and not say yes to her all the time then or jump because we, so. we, we live in a house with a few floors and although Boo can get up the floors, she doesn't, she can get back down them. I should add this. She can, yeah. but she doesn't like to. She doesn't like to jump off the first right. step. So yep. she'll bark, and I will always run to get her, or my other half will always run to get her, or one of my yeah. housemates will always run to get her. And that's because I don't want her to feel anxious. I don't want her to feel worried that she's abandoned or left or anything. like. So I'm the first one up there to make sure she's okay. Yeah. But she's definitely got it in her head because the bark gets slightly more authoritative if I don't get up there in the first 10 seconds. Then yeah. I get one singular bark that says, excuse me, I meant now, yes. not tomorrow. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> excuse- yeah, exactly. She's a bit of a madam, isn't she? Really. Oh, my goodness, yes. Just a wee note on on Boo's behaviour with other dogs. I was a little bit concerned, although what you're saying sounds absolutely spot on in isolation. I was a little bit concerned because it had it kind of started around the time that she was healing from an eye injury, um, okay. which she had got from an eye ulcer, mm. and I thought she was just protecting her eye at the beginning because mm-hmm. a lot of dogs are quite curious about injuries. They always want to sniff them, and I, I, I'm sure they can get more information than us yeah. from that. So. Um, I thought that could have been it, although what you were describing does sound absolutely spot on. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. Um, and I think that could be a factor because it, it, it is the case. It, I, you know, sometimes when um, dogs have got an injury, a bit like humans, they, they develop a bit of a bear with a sore head sort of thing going on, you know. Uh-huh. Could be that. And then what can happen is that a, a new behaviour like that becomes a habit, right? But mm. when, but you've always got to balance it with the kind of dog. So sort of chatting to you, I get a really good feel for what sort of character she is. So I wouldn't say the eye, eye injury was irrelevant, and it might have been what started something, but I think she would always be a little bit like, I don't need to snooty. play with other dogs. You know? Yeah, a bit snooty, yeah, yeah. A bit <laughs> okay. looking, down a, looking down a snout oh, at gosh, other dogs. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I've brought so, up a snooty dog. But then what can happen is, from a human point of view, we know our dog's got an injury, so the dog's out, another dog comes running out. We're a bit overprotective as well, so we're like, no, mm. no, 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 no. And So what can happen is your dog then picks up from you. So the dog sees you getting a bit protective, going, no, go on, go away, go on. I know, I know, you're only being nice, but... St. Boo goes, I've got this. <laughs> Gives them the, I don't think so, look, right? They go away. You go, oh, it's okay. You then you then probably stroke her and go, it's all right, Boo, don't worry. Everything's fine, right? Mm-hmm. Boo goes, I know it's fine, but if you're going to fuss me for getting rid of dogs, I could do that more often if you want. <laughs> mm, so, okay, I see. So, it, so it's my it, fault. That's yeah, what you're you telling see? me. Yes. Well, possibly. Yeah. So it's... It, You'll never know for sure because you can't go back and and talk to them, you know. Oh, but if you could, if you could talk to dogs, what would they say? What do you think of your mum? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I would honestly, if I could talk to Boo, I've thought about this before, if I could talk to Boo for five minutes and I was really limited in what I have to say, I'd just say, I'm always going to be there, so never feel anxious. And Aww. what can I do better? Oh, that's a lovely And see thing. what she said. And also, please stop eating poo. That would be my other one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute then. <laughs> All right. Very good. We'll come back to that. That's a lovely thing. You know, you, you sound like... a. Well, I've met you when we've when I've been on the telly with you. You're a nice person, and it comes yeah. across in space. And as as a dog owner, blimey, you know, I tell you what, when I shuffle off this mortal coil and come back as a dog, I'll I'll be happy to be your dog. Oh, me too. If I'm going, <laughs> I'm coming back as my own dog. Incredible yeah. life. Incredible. <laughs> That'd be something else, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Tommy, you're not the only one, I think, who's got a dog whose behaviour might have been altered by a traumatic experience. Um, Amy's been in touch with me uh, about her Jack Russell buddy. He was clipped by a car when he was six months old, bless him. Um, And now, yeah, I know, now he's just over a year old. So his, his fear of cars and even roads is getting out of control. So she said if we're near a road, he pulls and he scurries frantically to get away, gets himself in such a state, and it then takes him ages to calm back down. Um, We're terrified he's going to hurt himself and get hit again. That's ironic, isn't it? Yeah, that's such a shame. It sounds as though they've they've tried praise and treats, but he just won't take any form of treat if he's anywhere near the road. Bless him. Well, let's see if we can help Buddy out a bit. So, not uncommon for dogs to be fearful of traffic. Um, it does happen quite a bit. So, I suppose there's a question here, isn't there? Um, is there a different approach when it's been caused by a specific incident, you know? Sometimes dogs are just anxious. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this one, Storm? What do you reckon? Oh, well, initially when you said, I mean, absolutely horrific mm. um, to happen to a little puppy, to happen to any dog at any point, absolutely horrific. But when you said he's now got a fear of roads and traffic, I thought, great. I'd I'd love it if Boo had a fear of roads <laughs> and traffic. Instead, she's absolutely oblivious oh, yeah. to cars, um, thinks they'll just stop for her, just like everybody else does. But the thought of having a dog that's anxious around roads and traffic in, in a city or anywhere, because they're just everywhere, mm. aren't they? Yeah. You wouldn't be able to go anywhere with your dog, so I can imagine that to be incredibly stressful. It's stressful enough seeing a dog in a panic state anywhere but near a road. Yeah. You're right. It's a good point you raise because there's almost a, a happy medium, isn't there? So um, the problem we got with Buddy is he's he's scared stiff of roads and traffic. But yeah, you're right. We do get dogs that are just they should be more wary than they are. You know, dogs learn everything by trial and error. So you and I would. A car is not something you want to trial and error with. That's <laughs> it. And probably you or I have never been knocked over by a car or a lorry, but we just know that it wouldn't end well, right? Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. we can imagine things in, in advance. So what a dog doesn't do in, in terms of psychology, they don't look and go, I think that would probably hurt because of this, why, this, this, that. I'm, I'm probably not going to do it. They literally do things and then find out. And Buddy, bless him, has found out that actually if you, if you, if you get into contact with a car, it's a pretty scary thing. He's then done the classic dog thing of gone, Therefore, all cars, all lorries, all traffic and all roads, it's bad, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to get him used to that again. I would do it bit by bit, you know. So it's interesting that Amy's tried praise and treats. Treats probably aren't going to work when you've got a nervous dog, right? So it's a bit like you and I. If we're really nervous about something, think of a situation where you would be really, really anxious. An exam. An exam, right, there you go. If somebody says, yeah, do you fancy a crisp? You'd be like, no, not now. No, thank you. 
Same with dogs, right? So it's probably not the best form of reward, but praise is good if you time it right. So if he's looking a bit more confident about being somewhere near to a road, that's when you go, oh, good boy. In other words, you're saying, oh, I like it when you're brave. And he mm-hmm. makes the connection, oh, brave is good. I'll do, I'll do more of that. <laughs> so the, the psychology is dead simple, right? A behaviour that feels good, rewarded, right, uh-huh. e- equals increase. So you get more of the behaviour. But... Uh, what you can't do is is just go for a walk alongside the main road with him at, at rush hour and uh-huh. and hope for some good behaviour because you won't have any. So I would start a long way away. And it doesn't matter where you are, even in the middle of London, you can find a quieter side road, yeah? Start mm-hmm. there where there's not much doing, so you've got some good stuff to do. And then mm-hmm. as the days go by, you creep a little bit nearer the main road and turn around again, a bit nearer, a bit nearer. Before you know it, you're up and down the main road, you know? Start easy, because otherwise it's just too much. They can't think straight, you know? Reward the good bits by praise only, I would say. It probably goes without saying, and Amy, I'm sure you're not doing this, but, you know, don't tell him off if he's looking scared. You'd be surprised some people tend to go, come on, you silly boy, you know? And it's like, that's not going to help. So bit by bit, slowly, slowly but surely, really. Another question on that one, just out of interest. If the little dog is anxious, so let's say you've went to a really, really quiet road and a car just happens to come zooming past, um, quite unfortunately, and the dog gets really anxious, is is it okay to pick the dog up and try and calm can the Jack Russell that way? That's a great question. I wouldn't uh, because it's quite rewarding, right? So as hard as it is, and this is this is going to tug at the heartstrings, that happens. All you all you can do is sort of ride the storm and just stand there. Your demeanour needs to sort of put across. It's yeah, it's a car. It's fine. Okay, all day. No, no, don't worry. And then when they when they've calmed down, yeah, good. Because if you pick them up while they're at their worst they kind of learn that they get a cuddle if they look scared. So the brain goes, scared equals reward. (laughs) I'm going to do scared more. And the trigger is going to be the car passing by. I think that's the hardest thing in the world for a dog owner to do, to see their dog anxious and worried and not be able to really do anything but just stand with it. I think that takes a huge amount of strength. I think that's going to be tougher almost for the owner than it is for the dog. It is, you're right. and Because it goes against our... Natural instincts. Your instinct, if it was a, if it was a toddler, is to mm. use language to explain it. See, so that's the difference. With a toddler, you can go, "It's okay, darling. Don't worry. You can put your arm around him, give him a cuddle, and go. It's fine. You don't have to worry because daddy, daddy, and you can explain it a bit. Yeah. With the dog, mm. it's just blah blah blah. So you might as well be saying, "I love it when you're scared." <laughs> that's yeah, that's the that's oh. the problem. See, so it's it's one of those things that's counterintuitive. You, your instinct tells you to give them a cuddle, but the right thing is just to just to wait until you've got something better to reward. You, you're dead right. It's what if you work. sat down with the dog? You had the dog on the lead and just sat down with it, so you were you were closer to it and, and more on par with it. Yes, because crouching. If you think about the body language of this, right? If you're ready to fight or flight yourself, in other words, you're scared, right? So your system's mm-hmm. going run away or fight the traffic, right? I know that sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. You would be on your toes. You, you're stood up. You're ready to go. If you crouch mm-hmm. down, um, the message that sends out to the dog is, "Look, I'm not bothered. I'm I'm cool." You know. So sometimes a park bench. Uh, or you know, it doesn't have to be a park bench, but a bench near to, to a road can be quite a useful thing as well, because that act of being lower down says, "Hey, I'm not ready to run away. It's fine." You know. And and what about patting the dog at that point? If they're calmer. So what you do is you say, from moment to moment, right? What behaviour don't I want? I don't want scared and anxious. Yeah. 
I can't tell them off for that, but what can I do? I can wait until they look a bit braver. For example, if the dog's tail was tucked under and then they sort mm-hmm. of stand up and the tail comes out and they're like sniffing, <laughs> using their nose again mm-hmm. is, a, is an early sign that they're coming out of scared stiff, right? And if you think about that phrase, scared stiff, the opposite of that is when they start to look a little bit more curious. So you've got to say to yourself, right, I'm watching this dog out the corner of my eye pretending like all's well with the world, but I'm actually watching like a hawk. And as soon as I see little signs that you've been less scared, that's when you would pat the dog and go, ah, good boy, that's nice, you know. And if they look scared again, you just got to stop for a sec. It's quite logical. It's so difficult that I don't envy me at all. That's really hard work. It is, yeah. It's so counterintuitive to what you want to do. So tell me about Boo and Poo. That's uh, that's an interesting one. (laughs) I shouldn't have named her something that rhymes with Poo. It just seems to have worked completely against me. I don't know what it is. She's become quite the connoisseur. Um, It's not all Poo. Uh, It's very specific. It's not every walk. It's um, occasionally. And she remembers where it is. So if we are on our outward stretch of the walk and she sees a little something that she's interested in and I say no, I'm I'm making her sound like she's stubborn and not well-behaved. She is very... If I say no and that's all I have to say, she won't do whatever it is she's about to do. I say it just before. Right. So I say no and she'll walk away from it. Fine. She'll either wait till my back's turned and go back to it (laughs) or... She'll remember exactly where it is, and by the time I've forgotten on the homeward stretch yeah. of the walk and we're walking past it again, she'll go straight for it. Like a ninja. Like she's remembered exactly, like GPS. Yeah. Remembered exactly where this thing is. <laughs> and it's normally huge. She doesn't go for the little, like, multi-poo right. numbers. Yeah, yeah. She goes for the big Alsatian-type numbers. And I, I have, A, have no idea why she's doing it. <laughs> I have no idea... <laughs> Oh, God, more to eat. Um, I have no idea why she's doing it. I've tried all sorts of things to stop her for doing it, and nothing seems to work. Nothing curbs her enthusiasm. <laughs> well, uh, the, the more you talk about Boo, the more I'm liking her. It's <laughs> not because she eats Boo, because <laughs> she she's crafty. Character. Yeah. Why is she doing it? Well, because how do it is for us to believe that there's components in the smell that comes from it that are actually partly good, right? You need to understand how a dog does smell, I know. So so you and I would go, if we could smell it, not that you'd stick your nose anywhere near, but you'd go, well, it smells like dog poo, right? That's that. You label it as dog poo and that's it. Mm-hmm. What a dog does is separate those smells out. So the way to think of it is this. If I walked into your kitchen and let's say you had lasagna on, right? If I'm lucky, I might go, oh, mm-hmm. smells like lasagna, right? What my brain doesn't do mm-hmm. is to go, ah, that smells like uh, minced beef, tin of tomatoes, you know, different batch to yesterday's. Um, onions. Uh, onions and all of those things, right? I'm struggling because I'm no yeah. chef. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you see what I mean, right? Oh, there's, yes. a pin- there's a pinch of seasoning there. Don't you? So what a dog does with dog poo is she goes, oh, there's like, daddy knows that and that and wheaty stuff and bacon flavour. <laughs> Hello. Right? So oh. she's going for the thing that smells good because a lot of dog food is quite highly flavored you know they make it really palatable so there's some of them are yeah. a bit artificial let's be honest that probably explains why some of the dog food she's not bothered about but others have mm-hmm. got certain components that she really likes so that that explains why um, 
That's the first thing. <laughs> Second thing, Let's... when you've got a dog that's doing something intermittently, right, human nature is that we end up focusing on the negative bit. It's like, it does me head in because you never know when she's going to do it, right? Mm -hmm. By definition, though, that also means that most of the time, sounds like, she's not doing it, right? So she probably walks past quite a bit and does nothing. So yeah. if it's a particular problem, what you do is you, instead of just saying no when she's about to go for it, and I was itching to ask you the question by the way you say i say no she walks on what do you do when she walks on right and well, the correct... i just walk on as normal good girl and then walk ah, on i right. just say good girl let's go good well that's good then so because at least you're doing something a lot of people don't do which is you are praising the walking on moment right a lot mm -hmm. of people would say no and then when she walks on it's just like yeah right you know and under your breath it's like you know bastard dog doing it again right yeah so at least you are praising the the moving on bit okay so then what you do is if you've noted it right what i do is i also mark my internal gps right and go on the way back there's a training opportunity if ever there was one right so you've got her on lead yeah that's the first thing because otherwise you you probably haven't got the control uh, you maybe have with her i don't know uh, most people wouldn't mm. so she, you walk past she's on lead right when she goes i think i'll just right uh -huh. <laughs> as soon as she goes i think you've gone at ah, no she's oh blimey and you want her to think that mum's got eyes in the back of her head it's like how did she know that you know instead of it's sort of avoiding it, which most of us would do. What I do is I always see that as an opportunity. So it's like, if she goes for it again, I'm going to tell her no. But if she does ignore it, she's going to get yes. So it's one of those, she's going to do one or two things. There's no wrong answer almost, just if you see what I mean, you know, from mm -hmm. our point of view. She's either going to get no or good girl, you know. And the more you do yeah. that, the more she goes, you know what, it's not worth it. You know, she's she's always catches me. What you're describing to me is I am going to have to be cleverer than my dog, and I'm not entirely yes. sure that I am, <laughs> because I will tell her no, and she'll trot on. That's absolutely fine. By the time we're coming mm. back, it's an hour later, and I have completely forgot. We've had a lovely walk. Off we've gone. Yes. The ball's yeah. been thrown. We've had lots of fun. And we're on our way back, and Boo is often off the lead, actually. So maybe that's the thing on the way back. I'll have to keep her on the lead. But she's often off the lead, and she'll just run in front of me, and I think, oh, she's found someone to play with or something to do. or is she? And I'm just watching her, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, no. Oh, no. Now I remember. <laughs> and I am not quick enough to catch up. So by the time I've got there, she's munched down three bits of it, and I'm going, no, that is naughty, no. And I'm running. And then she's like, it's like she's laughing while chewing it, running yeah. away, looking back at me yeah. like, hmm, missed yeah. that one now. That's a great game. Terrible. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. You didn't need me. You've you've answered your own question, really. You've just see when you got a clever dog, it's a double-edged sword. They learn the good things quickly, and they learn the bad things quickly. To be honest, <laughs> if that is the naughtiest thing that she is doing, as as disgusting and horrific as it is, it's better than running out as soon as the doors open or something that could be really fatally dangerous. Well, Storm, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you. It's nice to invite you onto one of my things instead of me being on your programme for a change. <laughs> well, the pleasure has been all mine. I feel like I'm well advised now. I know I just have a snooty dog that likes to eat poo. That's what I have and I need to accept it. Thank you so very much for being here for today's Talking Dog Celebrity Special. Um, have you got a friend or a family member whose poor dog is, well, perhaps a bit fearful like Buddy? Well, be a good mate and tell him about this episode next time you see him. 
Perhaps you've got a different behavioural issue that you want me to have a think about for you. Well, you can send me an email, or better yet, a voice note, to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the episode you featured on. I'll be here same time, same place next week with more dog tales. Until then, look after yourself, your loved ones, and of course, your dogs. Bye for now.